Welcome to Main Menu for December 4th, 2010. I'm Jamie Pauls. This week we have two tech updates from Chase Crispin. Next, we bring you the premiere episode of a new podcast, VoiceOver On, where we learn about the new features found in iOS 4.1. After that, Kevin Chow demonstrates Digitize, a barcode scanning app for iOS devices. Then, Stephen Garrett demonstrates the Moshi Clock Radio available from independent living aids. Finally, we visit with Ricky Inger about DocuScan Plus, a cloud-based OCR solution from Serotech. That's all coming up on this edition of Main Menu. Tech Update, a technology news segment heard on ACB Radio's Main Menu and Accessible World's Tech Talk. Hello, Main Menu and Tech Talk. This is Chase Crispin with the Tech Update for the week of November 22nd, 2010, the week of Thanksgiving. Due to time constraints on main menu, the items described in this week's tech update will not be described and is detailed as much as usual. Instead, I will refer you to the product's website where you can learn more and provide a very brief overview of the new item. First, the Supernova application from Dolphin, which is a screen reader slash magnifier, is now out in version 12. And the notable feature in this is that it has dual monitor support or support to magnify on two monitors. There are also a few other choices you can choose for two monitors. And Supernova version 12 is now available in multiple flavors. You can visit yourdolphin.com to learn more about Supernova version 12. For you Victor Reader Stream users, there is now another update to the stream, which is Victor Reader Stream version 3.3. This contains support for playing mp3 books from a cd drive and copying them to your other books bookshelf as well as playing but not copying music cds as well as the fact that the stream software is now available in chinese and japanese there are also a few other small enhancements to learn more about stream version 3.3 visit the humanware website at humanware.com with this also comes a new version of the humanware companion software the notable function in this version of the software is that you can now automatically update your stream. You can choose the check for updates button to update either the companion software or the stream firmware. It is a very seamless process and your stream will upgrade easily. This feature is only available in the new version of the Humanware Companion version 3.3. Visit humanware.com to learn more. The Bard Talk mailing list and website for the National Library Service's Braille and Audio Reading Download Program has turned one year old. This is a website not run by NLS, but by users of BARD that contains much useful information. New are reviews of devices that are compatible with BARD books. But there's also a wealth of other good information on the site, not to mention the almost BARD mailing list. To learn more about this website and mailing list, you can visit www.bardtalk.com www.bardtalk.com the day this goes out on main menu will be Black Friday, one of the biggest, the biggest shopping day of the year, at least in the United States. And if you'd like to know all the deals, you can take advantage of it online. You can visit blindbargains.com. They cover any accessible items, such as 
Linus-specific products, websites, or even things like laptops or CD players or anything. And so you can see the deals available on Black Friday or any other day of the year. BlindBargains.com is the URL for that. Also, Blind Bargains now has a feature called Classified, so you can post anything that you want to discuss, just something we're selling or something you've created, so other Blind Bargains readers know about this. There is a $5 charge to post anything to Classifieds. To learn more about the Classifieds or any of the deals posted to Blind Bargains, visit the Blind Bargains webpage at blindbargains.com. Speaking of Blind Bargains, they have recently posted about some features they have discovered that will be coming soon in Ceratech's DocuScan product. This product will be coming out soon and is an OCR application from Ceratech that will work with USB scanners, have a few scanning modes, and possibly even work on platforms such as iOS and maybe even Android. There will be another announcement on Tech Update when we find more or when DocuScan is released officially from Ceratech. For those of you that are, have an Android device that aren't a big fan of the screen reader that you have, there is a new screen reader called Spiel in the Android market. That is spelled S-P-I-E-L. This screen reader is supposedly more stable than a screen reader such as TalkBack, but if there's an application that works better with another screen reader than it does a Spiel, you can easily switch screen readers. A notable feature in Spiel is the ability to script applications that do not work well. Spiel is a brand new screen reader that is in a very early stage and works well with keyboards, but not so much the touchscreen environment. Spiel is available now from the Android market. Google now offers text-based directions for walking, driving, and even biking. These are not graphical, but they are completely text-based and available from Google. You can visit google.com to get instructions on how to walk, bike, or drive almost anywhere. For you Mac users out there, there is now iLife 11 has now been released. This is the version that contains full support in voiceover for GarageBand as well as some other enhancements to the general iLife suite. iLife is again available now from online retailers or from the Apple Store itself. You can visit apple.com to learn more about what's new in iLife 11 or to purchase it so you can make sound files and even musical recordings with GarageBand 11. While we're on the Apple train of thought here, Apple has very recently released iOS version 4.2. There are some new features in this release, but the major thing is this is the first version of iOS version 4 to be that will run on the iPad. So if you are an iPad user, you'll be now be able to do things such as work with Bluetooth keyboards, braille displays, and all the other new features that have been in iPod touches and iPhones since June. Not only are these accessibility enhancements, but main UI things such as folders and multitasking. Again, you can go into iTunes and check for updates to download this update now. Also, with this new release is a new release of iTunes, which is also available from Apple. To learn more about both, both, of, these, both of these, please visit apple.com. This will conclude this week's Tech Update segment for Main Menu and Tech Talk. Though it might be a, either a day or even four days late by the time you hear this, still, have a great Thanksgiving. Thank you for listening to this week's Tech Update segment. If you have any comments or anything you'd like to see added, please call 206-337-4383 and be sure to listen in to next week's Main Menu and Tech Talk. Slide to unlock. Hello, and welcome to the first episode 
of voiceover on. I am Ivan, also known as Access underscore Wizard on Twitter. And my name is Kevin Chow. I'm Kevin Chow 89 on Twitter. And I am voiceover. Today we will talk about accessibility improvements in iOS 4.2. First things first, hardware buttons. So some of the things I've noticed as far as the hardware buttons go, um, the first one is, I'll just go ahead and unlock my iPhone. Slide to unlock. Settings. Is the um, the ring vibrate switch. Um, now you have voiceover giving feedback as to the status. So I'll slide it towards mm-hmm. the back and it will say muting. Muting. And if I slide it towards the front, unmuting. it says unmuting. And it will vibrate depending on the state. Um, if you have your silent profile set to vibrate, it will vibrate if you slide it towards silent. But if you have that set to off, it will only vibrate if you slide it forward. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing I also noticed is in settings, sounds, there's a new item. I'll go into that. Settings. Five minutes. General heading. Sounds button. Sounds. Sounds settings. Sound volume twenty-seven percent adjustable. Change with buttons off. So right below the sound volume, there's a b- item that says change with buttons. By default, that's set to on, and they'll behave as it did pre iOS. Pre iOS four point two, um, where whatever. The ringtone volume and the voiceover and system volume would be the one and the same. And in order to change voiceover volume, you would have to increase – you would have to have voiceover talking and increase the volume at the same time. Mm-hmm. So it was almost like as if you were playing Twister at times. Yeah, totally. Um, so now with the set off, I can – I'll go ahead and just press the volume on the side, the up button about four times. And let's see what the new volume is. Change with buttons. Off. So I didn't have to play Twister. I can just press the volume buttons and voiceover goes up. Adding speech rate to the rotor. So the first thing that I've noticed, thanks to Kevin, is that the speaking rate of voiceover could now be added to the rotor. You enable the setting by going to settings. 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 Sounds. Bright. Wallpaper. General. Button. General. General. Settings. Back button. Bluetooth. On. Net. Data. Keep. Internet. Reset. Accessibility. Button. Accessibility. Accessibility. General. Back button. Large. Zoom. Voice. Access. Voiceover. On. Button. Voiceover. Voiceover. Accessibility. Back button. And then just flick to. To act. To voiceover. Speak hit. Speaking. Speaking rate. Include in rotor. On. Always include speaking rate in the rotor. Double tap to toggle setting. I already have the setting enabled, so I'll just go back to the home screen. Home. Settings. Double tap to open. Now I'm going to select the rate in the rotor. Language, words, characters, speech rate. Okay. And now I can control the rate by flicking my finger up and down. 45, 40%, 40, 50, 50, 60%, 65%, 70%, 65%. So what's interesting about this is that in the voiceover settings page, I can only control the rate by increment of 10. So I'm already there. 
Speaking rate. Speaking rate. 45%. Adjustable. Okay, I'm going to flick Swap out. Swap up or down to adjust the value. 55%. 65%. 75%. So it's going by increments of 10. If I go back to the home page and use the rotor. Home. Calendar. Double tap to open. 70%. 65%. 60%. 55%. It's going by increments of 5. I can now announce column header information. Kevin will explain. So I'm going to be talking about the different enhancements as far as how VoiceOver handles tables, on, especially on web pages. Um, now, when you're going from column to column by swiping left or right, it'll announce the um, column label as well as the data. So I'm just going to demonstrate that. Basic 5 GB monthly. Basic plus 100 GB monthly. Advanced unmetered. So before it would just say um, 5 gigabytes, 100 gigabytes, but now it actually announces basic 5 gigabytes, basic plus 100 gigabytes. And a new item was added to the rotor, and I'll go ahead and just... Speech rate. So that's, we have speech rate, and we have rows. So now you can swipe up and down to go to the previous or next row. I'll go ahead and swipe down. Row 4, 300 megabytes. So it announces the new row that you go on and the uh, um, data. The new but rather user-unfriendly search feature in Safari. All right, Kevin. Uh, but um, what's that I hear about that search thing? I... So Safari, like you find on a Mac using uh, the Mac OS X Safari and VoiceOver, you can do a text find. Yes. Um. It's by no means the most intuitive or elegant interface. Yeah. First thing I looked for uh, when the keyboard uh, got paired with it, I was like, all right, VO command F. (laughs) And of course it didn't work. Yeah, I've tried that as well as a bunch of other um, VO command H to go to headings. And Uh uh those just aren't quite there yet. But this, so I'm going to, I'm on the Apple website right now, mm-hmm. and I'm just going to – I already have – so the way it works is in the Google search box, you type in whatever you want to search for, and that's going to be a specific keyword. You have to type in exactly what you want to find. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to type Apple. A. P. P. L. W. On this page. Five w. E. Apple Store. So I'm gonna do a three fi- three finger scroll up a few times. Rose three two eleven. Rose three B. Y. Apple B's menu. Apple trailers. Apple iPod. Apple iPhone. Apple support. Applean. Find Apple. So I had to scroll through. Yeah. A bunch of stuff in order to find the thing that said find Apple. Hmm. And the reason for that is it's mixed up with all the Google suggestions. And finally, towards the bottom, you find this thing that says Find Apple. Yeah. One of five matches. So it auto-read one of five matches. Mm-hmm. And now you have no idea of what one of five matches is. Oh, boy. And there's no... VoiceOver doesn't auto-select the item on the screen, so you can't navigate by characters or words or activate that element on the page. Um, the things we have along the bottom are next button. Next one of five matches. One of five matches. Done. 
button. And done. So we can select next. Next button. Mm-hmm. Shop the Apple online store. One eight hundred My Apple. Visit an Apple retail store or find a reseller. So there's the shop, the Apple store, and let's see what we have next. Next button. Shop the Apple online store. One eight hundred My Apple. Visit an Apple retail store or find a reseller. So it's going to the next instance of the word Apple, which mm-hmm. in that specific line, there's a few of them. Yeah. Um, with this feature, there's no previous um, way of going back. As I said earlier, there's no voiceover. It doesn't auto-highlight. It's a very rudimentary feature. Yeah. Is it usable at all? No. Is it something? Yeah. Well, I guess it's something they've done without accessibility in mind or paid very little attention to it not only accessibility but just oh, even... general usability there's uh, the yeah. idea of if I were to search for the word uh, MacBook yeah, I wouldn't find things that said MacBooks or if I search for the word Mac I wouldn't find anything that said MacBook MacBook Air, MacBook Pro mm-hmm. sad yeah a feature that isn't much of a feature. Version 1.1, you know. Yep. On to old features that are improved in iOS 4.2. Typing feedback. So we just finished up going through the new features in iOS 4.2, and now we're going to focus on items that were there previously, but they've changed in some form or fashion. <clears throat> and the first one is this one in voiceover settings called... Typing feedback. Button. Typing feedback, mm-hmm. that's been there before, but now you have the option of controlling the virtual on-screen keyboard yeah. and the behavior of Bluetooth-connected keyboards. Typing feedback, voiceover, selected, nothing, software keyboards, heading. So the first one is software keyboard. It's indicated with the heading, mm-hmm. and below that we have... Selected, nothing. I have selected, nothing. Characters, words, characters and words, hardware keyboards, heading. Next one's hardware keyboards. Selected. Nothing. Characters. Words. Characters and words. So that's uh, that's a, a, a pretty nice feature, I'd say. Because, I mean, I use the Bluetooth keyboard quite a bit. And Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, I mean, there's times when, for the most part, when you're using a Bluetooth keyboard, you don't need any um, character feedback or any word feedback, yeah. or you can kind of pick and choose if you want feedback on the on-screen keyboard. Yeah, but you I don't... I like the 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 word feedback just because my spelling's off when I'm typing quick. But character feedback, maybe not. All depends, right? Yeah, definitely. And it's nice now now that you have the choice between how it behaves on the on-screen and the physical hardware keyboard. Definitely. Last but not least. Highlights of 4.2. Highlights of 4.2 for you. Ivan, I would say that voiceover being more responsive mm-hmm. overall yes. is a huge highlight. I, I'd say. I noticed it right away. For me, it would be being able to adjust TTS rate on the fly because I do it a lot. It's just, you know, reading a book at one rate, Email, Twitter, browsing apps, it's, well, 80%, so. <laughs> yeah, I definitely agree. Um, it's a huge, that's a nice feature, and I use it all the time as well. Yeah. 
Absolutely. So agreed on that one. And that's it for episode one of VoiceOver On. In our next episode, Kevin and I will discuss bugs and bug fixes in iOS 4.2. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Screen locked. Hello all, my name is Kevin Chow, and I'm going to be doing a demonstration of Digit-Eyes, which is a barcode and QR scanning app, which also has the option of audio and text labels. And the part that I'm going to be focus on, focusing on in particular is the barcode scanning aspect of it. App Switcher. Digit-Eyes. Digit-Eyes. Barcode read. Sprite, scan, button. So it brings up your previous result, and I'm going to go ahead and just flick right to the scan button. Viewfinder, image. So that first beep we heard meant that the scanning has been initiated, and it's now ticking away, looking for a barcode. The best technique for digitize is to place your finger to the right of the um, camera, so you can ha you have a tactile position of where the camera is. And to place the iPhone maybe two or so inches away from the object and lift up to about six inches. That's for the 3GS. And for the four, for the four to go from between six and twelve inches. And for the iPod Touch four, it's best to go between twelve and twenty inches. Um, for round objects, you're going to have to constantly turn repeat the technique and turn the object the round object 60 degrees either left or right and keep that direction going in that particular whichever way left or right and for square objects you have to deal with two sides which is a lot less and a lot easier to deal with Safe. So let's go ahead and see what this item is. So I have it up, up about 6 inches and it didn't capture it so far. I'm going to try it again. Barcode read, Sprite, Lemon Lime Soda, 20 ounces, 20 FLOZ, 1.25 PT, 59. Okay, so got it that time, and it told me the Sprite, and told me the bunch of information about it, and I had it up about 6 inches, and it got it that time. Scan, button. And... Google search, button. So if I flick twice to the right, there's a Google search button. If I tap that, I would get a Google search. But I'm just going to go ahead and flick left to the scan button. Scan. Button. Viewfinder. Image. Looking up barcode. Barcode read. Dasani bottled water 20 FLOZ. 591 milliliters. So that time I had started about an inch above the item and lifted up to about 3 or 4 inches and it captured it. It's it's an interesting product and it's nice in what it does and 
It's a $29.99 app in the App Store, Digit-Eyes, and for feedback or questions and anything relating to the demo, I can be found at Kevin Chow, K-E-V-I-N-C-H-A-O, 89, on Gmail or Twitter. App Switcher. Voice. Tech Update, a technology news segment heard on ACB Radio's main menu and Accessible World's Tech Talk. Hello, main menu and Tech Talk. This is Chase Crispin with a tech update for the week of November 29th. There are only four short but important tech update items this week. First is the release of a new version of MobileSpeak, and this version of MobileSpeak is only for MobileSpeak for Symbian devices. The new update of MobileSpeak for Symbian has the ability to work with the Nokia maps included on most of the Nokia Symbian phones. This will allow you to not have to have an expensive GPS app such as Mobile Geo to work. You will be able to use the Nokia maps that came with your phone, as these are now accessible. If you are running MobileSpeak 4.0, you should be able to upgrade for free. To see more about this update, visit the Code Factory website at codefactory.es. Next is the release of two pieces of software from RFBND, or the recordings for the blind and dyslexic. This software, one version runs on Windows and the other on Mac, allows you to play books from RFBND. Once you log into RFBND, it should tell you that there's software available and you can select the Windows or the Mac installer. Then it will be available from your My Downloads page in My Account. If you'd like to learn more about RFBND or the new players from RFBND, you can visit rfbd.org. Another accessibility enhancement from Apple, this time for the Apple TV. As you may or may not know, the Apple TV is Apple's TV, but it is not a traditional TV. It is the TV box, but you need to connect it up to a monitor or another TV to be able to have the TV screen. The Apple TV has a very basic version of the Mac operating system and allows you to play iTunes content or content from over your network. Now, the Apple TV is shipping with VoiceOver, so you'll be able to use your Apple TV that you may have. To learn more about VoiceOver on the new Apple TV, visit apple.com. And finally, Freedom Scientific has now begun to ship their new scanning and reading appliance, Sarah. Instead of the Sarah we've all been used to for a number of years, they are now releasing the Sarah C, which is S-A-R-A-C-E. Instead of having a device that has a flatbed scanner, this device simply uses a camera. This device is now available for a price of $1,895, and next March the price will go up to $2,395. If you'd like to learn more about the Sarah CE or purchase it, visit freedomscientific.com. This will conclude the tech update for the week of November 29th. Thank you for listening to this week's tech update segment. If you have any comments or anything you'd like to see added, please call 206-337-4383 and be sure to listen in to next week's Main Menu and Tech Talk. Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Steve Guerra. I'm the ILA Techie, and welcome to another Independent Living Aids podcast. This podcast today is about the Moshi Clock Radio, another product available from Moshi Lifestyles Products. Again, another superior device with voice recognition. The Moshi Clock Radio 
is sold by Independent Living Aids for $70 plus shipping and handling. Feel free to check it out on the web with the item number of 247-523. Visit Independent Living Aids on the web at www.independentliving.com or give us a call and speak to our friendly customer service representatives at 1-800-537-2118. So without further ado, let's jump right in and check out all that you need to know about the Moshi Clock Radio. The Moshi Clock Radio, unlike other clock radios that have been produced in this market, is a stereo clock radio. You have sound coming out from both the left and right side, ideally making it a stereo clock radio. It has both AM and FM radio bands and allows you to set three presets per AM or FM. This clock radio allows you to set the time and set an alarm and a sleep timer all with your voice. This clock radio has two alarms, alarm one and alarm two, and you'll hear that in a moment. It has a sleep timer, a snooze alarm. It has a brightness display that can be turned on or off with a press of a button. And if you choose to not use your voice, you can certainly set the time, the alarms, and the date manually by pressing the associated buttons. So let's go into and see exactly what this produces for us. We're going to speak to the Moshi Clock Radio. It's a clear female voice, as you can hear. And let's check this out. Command, please. Time. The time is 12.22 p.m. So it tells us that it's 12.22 p.m. in the afternoon. Let's, uh, Let's adjust this. Let's set the time. Command, please. Set time. Please say the current time. 12.23 p.m. The time is 12.23 p.m. Thank you. You're welcome. As you can see, at the very least, you can set the time specifically to what what time it is to the minute. So you can update that at any time. Let's go on and let's check out the button layout of the clock since we just set the time. On the front-facing panel is the display. And at the bottom of the display in the center is the microphone grill. If you trail your hands up to the top edge, you'll see there's a lot of buttons on the top edge. The one in the very, very front is the command button. You can press either the left or the right side of that or just the middle, and it will ask you for a command. Command, please. Today's date. Today is Wednesday, November 17th, 2010. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, I I love that polite features and they're really nice so on the front on the very top in the front is that command button it's called the ivr or interactive voice recognition button just behind that is another long bar that does not have a raised tactile line on the front bar the command bar there's a raised tactile line which will make it distinguished from the other buttons that are on the front top of the mushy clock radio So just behind the command bar is the plus or minus frequency button for tuning in the radio. Incidentally, this does not announce the radio stations or the frequencies when going up or down. Just behind that is the volume up and down button. It's, again, another long bar to the right allows you to increase the volume. And to the left allows you to decrease the volume. If I might digress and go back one step, the... Frequency button, which is the middle long bar, 
to the uh, pressing the right hand side will increase the frequency or go up in the frequency and pressing on the left side of the button will decrease the frequency just behind the volume long bar are three round buttons as presets one two and three once you have your radio preset and radio stations tuned in you can set a radio stations preset on the left side of the command bar, there is a button that allows you to toggle between FM, AM, and line-in mode. The line-in mode allows you to plug in your preferred MP3 player or audio player so you can play through the stereo speakers of the Mochi Clock Radio. The middle button, or the button right behind the leftmost button on the top surface of the Mochi Clock Radio is the display button. Now, me being without sight, I have no way of identifying if the brightness is on or off. However, as a note, for those who do have sight, once the brightness is turned on, the display becomes lit up. Once the brightness is turned off, the display is, tur- is completely black. Right behind the brightness button is the power button. You turn that on to start playing your radio. We're going to do that and press the power button. And as you can hear, I have the radio tuned in. So I'm going to turn that down just a little bit. And this is not an endorsement for any song that you might hear amongst this podcast. So we're going to go forward again to press the very front left button, which will take us to AM. As you can hear, and I'm going to press this again, and I now am in the line mode situation where you plug a a three and a half inch millimeter cable into the back of the clock, uh, the Moshi clock radio. There are, and we're going to go over the receptacles that you can plug this into. Um, This is where you will plug into the here and then into your favorite or favorite MP3 player, and you'll be able to play the music through the. Stereo speakers of the Mochi Clock Radio. We're going to go back to FM. And we're going to power it off here. What I will tell you is, let's go over to the right-hand side. Going from the back forward, there is three buttons, of course, on the right-hand side. Uh, Along the back edge on the top surface of the Mochi Clock Radio, there are five buttons. The far left is power. Then the three middle all the presets, one, two, and three. And then the far right button is alarm one. Let's uh, press that button, see what happens. Alarm one is off. Now you can hear that the volume is low. So let's uh let's turn let's turn the radio back on. And now I'm gonna turn that back off. And let's hit that alarm button again. Alarm one is set to six fifteen AM. The alarm sound is FM radio. Now, at any time when you press these buttons, this will tell you that your alarm is on or off by pressing. And we're going to press it one more time. Alarm one is off. I want to digress for a moment and tell you that the voice volume is controlled with the volume of your radio. Uh, so if you want to turn the volume down and, so it doesn't disturb your spouse or any others in, a, in the room where you are when you're checking the time or whatever, then you can hit the volume button and it will take the volume of the voice from the female voice all the way down to what level you would like. Um, The alarm one and two buttons have a tactile mark on it. Incidentally, the alarm one button has a tactile A in Braille on it, 
and the alarm two has a tactile B. Uh, it is not a number sign since it would be most ideal since that's the alarm one and two. But you can distinguish between the two buttons because when you press those buttons, like we just did just now, it announces to you what it's going on. So let's hit the alarm two button. Alarm two is off. Okay. Let's see if alarm one's off. Alarm one is set to 6.15 a.m. The alarm sound is FM radio. Let's turn that off. Alarm one is off. The button... So what happens here on the back right, on the far right edge on the top surface, you have alarm one marked with a tactile braille A. And then right in front of that, you have a alarm two marked with a tactile braille B. By pressing the button on the front right-hand top surface of the Mushy Clock Radio, just to the right of the command bar, it allows you to start the process of a sleep timer. Sleep timer. Please say 60, 45, 30, or 15 minutes. 15 minutes. Timer set to 15 minutes. Please choose sound 1, sound 2, or sound 3. Sound 2. So as you can see, that's a manual way that you can start the sleep timer. And we're going to shut this off and take it from there. If at any time when your alarm is going off, between the alarm sounds, you can say, turn the alarm off. And again, because of the voice recognition that's so superior, your alarm will get turned off. I mentioned to you that we can change the settings manually with buttons on the back side of the mochi clock radio because what we were just describing is on the front um, on the top surface and if we count with all the buttons involved we have 12 buttons across the top instructions for the mochi clock radio are available from independent living aids uh, you can find them on our product page. The item number, again, is 247523. They are available in a text format or in a PDF format, which also is accessible but includes pictures. The text format has all the details as to how to do everything that we're mentioning here in this podcast. On the back side of the Moshi Clock Radio, we have several situations. You have a wire that will be coiled up is the wire for using your radio, FM radio. To the right of that, you have a line-out port. To the right of that, you have the line-in port. And to the right of that, you have the AC adapter cord. This clock radio operates on electric power. There are buttons right above these receptacles going from right to left. First is voice. Then set, then plus, then minus. So let's hit the voice button. The time is 12.33 p.m. This is the time. Today is Wednesday, November 17th, 2010. And this is the, the date button, the date setting. By hitting the setting button, this is what I'm hearing as I press it. If I do it one more time. November 17th. This would be the month. And then I hit it one more time, I get silence, and it's the 17th. It's a day setting change. Alarm 1 is set to 6.15 a.m. This is where you would set the time manually with the plus and minus buttons. And it, you would go by minutes, 
and it will keep on wrapping around. There's no way to advance just hours and minutes. It goes all at once. The alarm sound is FM radio. So now I'm on FM radio. I'm going to use the plus or minus button to change the different alarms. The alarm sound is AM radio. I think I want to keep this on FM radio. The alarm sound is FM radio. So that's alarm one. Let's go to alarm two. Alarm two is set to 6.45 a.m. And again, you adjust the minutes and hours by hitting the plus or minus. It's all one setting. So again, if I go forward, it's going to go by minutes. And you'll have to go to the time that you want. The alarm sound is FM radio. And now this is now my choices for FM, AM, or any of those three sounds. And now we're back to where we left off. Uh, And that's by changing the settings manually by hitting the voice button and then the settings button. And then once you start hearing the time, then you'll know that you can start adjusting things manually. So let's check out the help feature, which has been so instrumental on so many of the Moshi clocks that it's also here on the Moshi clock radio. Command, please. Help. You can say time, set time, alarm, set alarm, turn off the alarm, alarm sound, today's date, play sleep sound, play radio, cancel, or help. During the pauses in the alarm sound, Say snooze or turn off the alarm. When alarm radio is playing, touch the power button to turn off the alarm. Command, please. Play sleep sound. Sleep timer. Please say 60, 45, 30, or 15 minutes. 15 minutes. Timer set to 15 minutes. Please choose sound 1, sound 2, or sound 3. Sound 3. So as you can hear the background, of this is uh, what appears to be waves on a beach. I'm going to turn this volume down just a little bit. And it's the sounds of waves on a beach and such, which is a nice sound. I'm going to hit the command button. And now we're back to the original state of the Mochi Clock Radio. Let's see how this works. Command, please. Play radio. Please choose FM radio or AM radio. FM radio. So now you can hear that the FM radio came on. And that's really a nice feature. It's a, uh, it's a nice thing that you can just lean over and give a voice command. Let's see how this works. Hello, Moshi. Command, please. Time. The time is 12.39 p.m. Thank you. You're welcome. So with the original Moshi clock radio, because it had the AC adapter... You could say hello, Moshi, and give it, and it would respond to you by command, please. And that exists again also in the clock radio. On the back edge of the clock, there is a reset button between the AC adapter and the line in port. It's a small recessed hole that you'll need a point of a paperclip or a toothpick 
to press the reset button. I just want to reiterate that the Moshe Clock Radio uses battery backup. The battery door is on the underside or the bottom of the Moshe Clock Radio. There is a tab to expose the battery compartment. You pull the battery door away from the clock radio. Once you have that tab pulled or pushed, and then you would install three AA batteries. With all that Moshi Lifestyle products have done with voice recognition, when setting a time on an alarm, you can say 603 as opposed to 603, and the Moshi Clock Radio will understand perfectly what you're looking to convey. If it does not, it will repeat itself and ask you to repeat your entry. So that is the Moshi Clock Radio. I'm sure you will find it to be a useful, wonderful tool. It is going to be a wonderful Christmas gift or a gift for any other time of the year. For anyone that you feel that could benefit from the voice recognition plus the wonderful female voice that responds back to you with all the information that you could ever need. For more information about this Moshi Clock Radio, item number 247523, or any other Independent Living Aids products, please contact us by calling 1-800-537-2118 or check us out on the web at www.independentliving.com. I'm the ILA Techie, and we'll see you next time on the podcast. This is a production of Independent Living Aids. I-L-L-A-A. Well, this week we're visiting with Ricky Inger from Saratech, and we're talking about yet another product, another innovative product from Saratech. This one is DocuScan Plus. Did I get that right? You did indeed, and uh, as always, it's a pleasure to be on the show, and uh, I'm, I'm glad to be able to talk about DocuScan Plus. We released it on November 24th. Uh, we had an original product called DocuScan, which we've had for years, and it was a, a sort of very simplistic way in which you could scan bills and letters and things like that, and we really wanted to expand on that, and we wanted to do something a little bit different. So we created DocuScan Plus, which does several things that I'm sure we'll uh, we'll be talking about here in just a bit. I suppose one of the first things that kind of caught my attention because it was the question that I had, and as I read the press release, and that is that the product does operate independently of uh, system access, right? Yes, it does. So a, a lot of the things that we do are things that people sort of need to be uh, inside the Saratech, uh, whatever you want to call it. But with DocuScan Plus, we understand that everybody needs access to printed material and not everybody wants to use system access, and that's okay. So we wanted to create something that was equally usable regardless of what your screen reading choice was or whether you had a screen reader installed on the machine at all. So we we made DocuScan Plus self-voicing and if you've got another screen reader running then you'll be able to put that screen reader to sleep while DocuScan Plus is doing its thing and of course you can switch over to other Windows applications and use those as you normally would. 
but you can also just launch docuscanplus.com just as you would essay to go and you've got a self-voicing product and you don't have to worry about do I have a screen reader on this machine you know where am I uh, so you could be in a library or, or wherever and be able to use DocuScan Plus just as easily as you could from your home machine. Very nice. What voice options are there with the product? We have several actually. The default is DeckTalk, but you can purchase other voices for use with DocuScan Plus. If you already own Saratech products, you may have purchased other voices such as Ivona and RealSpeak, Eloquence, but if you don't currently own any other Saratech products, you can still purchase those voices for use with DocuScan Plus. And Eloquence, of course, is the most popular. It's nice and lightweight and uh, loads really quickly and so on. But some people like the more natural sounding voices like NeoSpeech as well. There's obviously a lot to an OCR product, especially one that blind people um need. So I suppose I'll just let you kind of delve into some of what you consider the really highlights of the of the product. Absolutely. We wanted to do something that was designed specifically for the blind because there are programs such as Fine Reader and OmniPage and these are actually wonderful programs, don't get me wrong, but there are some things that they simply don't do. They aren't able to convert a scanned bit of material into an mp3 or a daisy book, which I think is a really nice thing to have. You can scan, say, a textbook or your new product manual for whatever you get for Christmas, and rather than needing to sit in front of your computer, you're going to be able to transfer that to a DAISY player of your choice. And you can actually do that from DocuScan Plus. We support the BookSense, the PlexTalk Pocket, the Victor Reader Stream, uh, the BookPort Plus. So all of these things that you can just hook into your computer and you're going to be able to send this DAISY book right over to it. And the really nice thing about creating the DAISY book is that it's automatically going to be marked up with headings. So not only are you going to be able to jump in your audiobook by uh, paragraph or phrase or whatever you normally would, you can jump by chapter, so to speak, uh, because those headings are going to automatically be marked up. You'll also be able to navigate through your text uh, by word and sentence and character and things like that. So you can choose which method of navigation you really like. The really unique thing about DocuScan Plus that nobody else has done is it's the only OCR solution that is available both on a desktop and from the cloud. So essentially you can be anywhere. You can scan your materials and then you can go to a different machine and access those same materials that you've just scanned. So we're, we're no longer tied into this sit in front of one computer with a scanner and do all your materials that way. It's great because there are scanners which are truly plug and play. So you can just stick them in a backpack plug them into whatever machine you happen to be next to. Windows recognizes them and they don't require any other drivers. And then you're able to bring up DocuScanPlus.com, do your scanning and unplug it, go away and you're done. All of that is for $299, which is a pretty nice price point, we think. It's very affordable and for the number of features that you get, it works quite well. You can transfer things to large print 
So if you want to scan something and then be able to print it out so that you can read it on paper or maybe you just want to have it magnified on the screen, you can have it in large print. DocuScan Plus also does have built-in magnification features so that you can look at the interface in a magnified way and do all of your navigation that way. So plenty of really, really nice stuff. So the document that I scan then, is it stored on a server somewhere? It is, yes. Now you can save documents to your own machine if you want. The default behavior is to scan a document, give the project a name, and then it just shows up in your Manage Documents section whenever you log in with your credentials from anywhere. So you don't have to really think about, now where did I leave this document? Do I need to put it on a thumb drive and take it home? What do I do with this thing? It's just there for you whenever you want it from whichever machine you're accessing it from. I know on a lot of the other products like Kurzweil or OpenBook, when you get ready to scan different types of material, you kind of have to go in and tweak a little bit and play with scanner settings and figure out whether you're scanning a magazine or a paperback. How do you guys handle that? A lot of it is the sort of automatic versus stick approach that Saratech is really well known for. We've tried to make it such that the software will automatically detect the type of material that you're scanning and do what it needs to do in accordance with that. But we do also have something called scanning profiles so that you can tweak a few settings if there is a particular document that you're scanning that looks a certain way and maybe you get a bill every month that looks a certain way it has a certain number of columns or it's very faded print or whatever, you can tweak those things and you can give those settings a profile name so that every time you scan that same type of document in the future, you've got your profile all ready to go and you don't have to go back in and tweak the settings each time. What scanning engines are you guys using? We are using the Nuance engine, which is uh, the same as that used in the OmniPage products. And we think it's really the best of the engines that are currently available. And of course, we've done our own tweaking to it, but that's essentially what we're using. So I'm sure you guys have done some comparison tests with other products. Do you find that the recognition is vastly superior or is that kind of hard to say? It's really hard to classify. It's it's definitely comparable. Right. And that's a great thing to say, especially when you consider that it's a third the cost of the others on the market. And it's just one of those things where OCR is sort of either excellent or it's it's really not very good at all and we're in the excellent category and you know again we're we're comparable to what's on the market in terms of of accuracy but there's just a whole different method of being able to use it and that's not to take anything away from the other things that are out there right but they're very much based on a model of being in a particular place in scanning from there and and they're based on someone being able to reach into their pocket and pull out a thousand bucks or whatever. And that's that's certainly not the case for all of us, but we all still have the same needs to access the, the printed page. Absolutely. Now, you mentioned $299. Is that the, the price point right now? Yes, and that will be the price point forever as far as we know. Okay. Um, we did initially have a preview price for those people who owned the original version of our DocuScan product. So we were able to give them 
sort of a sneak peek at it and uh, they were able to get in at a pretty reduced price but now that it's out to the public uh, $2.99 is, is where we're going to stay. Um, now I think I remember reading something about uh, eventually supporting iOS devices. Is that going to happen? Yeah, we very much want to be on mobile platforms because everybody carries a phone around with them and and that's certainly not going to change. So certainly stay tuned for that. What you've just seen with DocuScan Plus is only the beginning and uh, we'll be uh, releasing all sorts of cool new features fairly soon, actually. Will there soon be a rather extensive demonstration of the product, like on a podcast or something like that? Yes, we recently did a fairly general demonstration on the Saratok podcast, and uh, you can check that out for the podcast for November uh, 24th. Okay. And uh, we will soon be doing one using the accessible event platform where you're able to see the screens that are displayed as you're using DocuScan Plus and we'll go through each set of features so that you can really get a look at what the interface is like and sort of what the product feels like to use. I'm sure many people are really looking forward to this. It sounds like a really unique cutting edge model that you guys have got as as you always do. Absolutely. Um, if you would like to take a look at DocuScan Plus you can go to www.docuscanplus.com. There you can purchase the product and we'll be again having some demonstration materials there soon as well. You can give us a call at 866-202-0520 or uh, send us an email at uh, info at saratech.com and we'll be happy to answer any questions that you have about DocuScan Plus. It's definitely worth checking out. Well, thank you for joining us again on Main Menu. Thanks for inviting me. Anyone who would like to try DocuScan Plus can visit the website www.docuscanplus.com and sign up for a three-day trial of the product. That concludes this edition of Main Menu. We trust you've enjoyed the program. On behalf of the entire Main Menu team, I'm Jamie Pauls wishing you and yours a great week. That concludes this edition of Main Menu. We trust you've enjoyed the program. On behalf of the entire Main Menu team, I'm Jamie Pauls wishing you and yours a great week.